Warning, this podcast contains adult topics and themes as well as explicit language. If you are under the age of 18 or bothered by sexual topics, then this podcast is not for you. For everyone else, enjoy. Hi, I'm Frank. And I'm Shelly. And this is the Oh You Were Serious podcast, where we talk about the ups and downs of navigating a marriage that has never followed a traditional path. From emotional affairs and less-than-ethical outlooks and situationships to where we are now, growing together in a much more ethical manner. Join us as we explore how much communication makes the difference in making a marriage work or letting it fall apart. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Oh, You Were Serious podcast. On this episode, we're going to be covering both of the kink parties that we attended. Um, Frank is going to take lead point on this one because there is a lot I do not remember. Um, So... We're going to go from there. We're also going to dive a little bit into a few things that we might have left out on the first two episodes. Right. Having gone back and listened to them. My notes are rather extensive here. But before we get into that, um, I want to add in something that we should have probably put in our original intro. And that is that we are not marriage or sex therapists or experts in those fields beyond the experiences we have had. And none of our, none of what we talk about should be taken as advice or anything beyond entertainment value. Yeah. Um, and if anybody feels like anything we are talking about does help them, we're not discouraging them learning about themselves and diving into their own self-growth. We just are not putting this out there as advice. Um, I've been told repeatedly over and over again, I am the last person. That should ever be asked for advice, and that is usually why they come to me for it. But So one of the things I wanted to touch on before we got into the kink parties was that from a timeline perspective, we left out a couple of major events in our life. Right. Um, between the end of episode one and where we picked up our story in episode two, uh, we not only had our second child, but also turned around and immediately had our third child. Yeah. So there was that going into, you know, where we were um, trying to build up our life as relatively newlyweds, and now two years into it, we've got three kids. Right. And with that being said, having three children and finding a babysitter to watch all three kids was few and far between. So we would maybe get one night out of a month or two months to ourselves. And even when we did have a babysitter, they weren't. It was hard to find a babysitter that we'd trust more than once. Right. So in the months, month leading up to us going to our first king party, we dove into some things on our own and started getting better acquainted with some of the more curious areas that we were interested in um i made it sound like in the last video that as soon as you started pegging me i was just instantly by but there was a lot more that went into that um obviously i had some curiosities that had gone unexplored before that that i had not really dug into but with you actually using those toys on me and using them in the ways you were using them uh, we discovered 
or I discovered that I'm capable of multiple orgasms. Right, and that was a shock to me too because I didn't know that was possible. It was it was different, and and I know you felt different when you know you had one orgasm from you know just normal sex or whatever to having your prostate stimulated. And those first couple of orgasms were not at all like anything I had ever experienced or expected. Um, it made me have to dig, do some research into whether or not male squirting was a thing. And despite the limited research that we were able to find on that, looked like maybe it is. It might be. Though. Men having different orgasms is just like women having different orgasms because you have the vaginal orgasm and the clitoral stimulation plus orgasms from anal as well. And while I was learning all about the different ways my body could orgasm that were new, um, we also started not necessarily gape training per se, but we started seeing how stretched out we could get you. Yeah, it was definitely an experiment on that one because I had seen porn where people were getting fisted, anally fisted, and I was like, there's no fucking way that my body can do the same thing that their body does. It's something that they they didn't train for it, but they, they know that their bodies can, and, you know, so... But a week and a half and I was playing with my ass and you had most of your hand up there. You were like, hey, maybe this is something I can try too. I figured out it was very stretchy. <laughs> Which is what led to learning you could squirt. Right. Like a fucking water hose just. So, yeah, it's, it's a whole waterfall. Um, You see in a lot of porn where people like squirt across the room. Mine's just like all over the place. Just. Puddle, oh, you definitely puddle. go across the room. Well. Okay, but it's still mostly puddles, and, you know. But that wasn't something you knew before we started diving into the more intense areas like fisting and gaping and... Yeah, no, I had no idea my body could do that. It still does it on occasions, but there's... It doesn't come from, you know, regular sex or anything. It's It's from you fingering me or... Now, we haven't done the fisting in a long time, but from those things, it's not just for me. Not usually. No. Every now and then. So, going back one more time, um, even though for you, the Roy thing was kind of a bust. The last threesome we had with Roy was kind of a bust. And we never had any kind of other sexual relationship with him again after that. But for me, something I learned out of the experience, because I started to go back and work with Roy every day. Right. And from that standpoint, we were still good. Right. You know, we worked together. We wasn't anything weird, anything out of the normal. There was no hard feelings on anybody's part about how it turned out. Um, me and Roy had had conversations after that, you know, friendly encounters. Um, but there was no tension or awkward moments between us when we were talking or just you know socializing but one of the things that i took out of that was that we could have sexual encounters with people that we did have to deal with regularly without it being 
an awkward mess afterwards. And I mean, you didn't feel that way a hundred percent. I don't think. Right. Uh, and that's not something I really found out until recently, even though I, I had, um, which we'll dive into that in another episode, been with um, one of my exes, you know, since we've been married. But I don't think you had been at that point, though. No, no, not at that point. But it's something I realized just recently, even though I had already been into those adventures before now. But at that time, the whole idea of having sex with somebody we knew, somebody that we'd have to deal with regularly, uh, it did not make you comfortable. It made you very uncomfortable. Yeah. And hell, for a little while, we're about to be talking about boundaries. One of our rules, as we set them at the time, um, was that anybody we played with was was a one and done. Yeah. We weren't going to play with people more than once because that ran the risk of emotional attachment and beyond yeah but moving forward we started talking about going to the parties and we reached out to one of the hosts on fat life for information who told us a little bit about what we could expect and gave us the details of when it would be i think the first one we talked to them about we actually didn't go to we thought about it and we had a babysitter set up and then at the last minute we didn't and we spent about a month making plans to go. Um, we started talking about what our boundaries were, um, which was structured in kind of a what's okay for one is okay for the other. And as long as the other one wasn't getting left out, it was okay along with being a one and done. If we if we played with somebody, that was it. We wouldn't We wouldn't play with them again. Which, looking back at it, just seems absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, hey, we had a really good time. This was the only time that's ever going to happen, and uh, good luck to you. Yeah, like, my um, thinking has definitely changed from that point, because that's not what I see at all now. And I've, I've expressed to you, you know, uh, uh, with my growth, how I want things to go moving forward and stuff like that. And how we could possibly revisit what going from swingers to back, back to polyamory in a way. But that, that takes some more personal searching. It's more along the lines of we talked, when we talked about getting back into what we're getting into now, which is way off topic for what we're talking about. Um, before I even brought up, the, I, I opened the door by saying, look, this is, you know what I want. You know where I want it to go. And it doesn't have to go there anytime soon, but this is, you know, this is my compromise um, to going into this emotionally strings unattached. Right. And you actually came to me and said, well, if it does happen, this is how we'll handle it going forward. And it was in a very different, more, you're over the dinging. Sorry. It was in a much more open and accepting tone than you would have approached it before, or if I'd approached you even uh, with the idea of going back into polyamory. It's now at a point where we're more willing to go with the flow and see where things take us. We accept that while we are going at this for my perspective of let's just go out and have some fun, there may be attachments that happen, and there may be bonding with outside people that happens and you know we don't know where it's gonna go right and although that still you know kind of scares me a little bit and it really does i mean i'm doing the work to find out why that bothers me sometimes 
and figuring out how to cope with those things. Because that's one of the major things you got to figure out how to cope with it. Right. And beyond that, the only other real boundary we had was that there had to be some form of birth control in play. Yeah. Uh, you were not on birth control, and this was before you had all of your stuff taken out. So you were still fertile as hell. Yeah. yeah. As evidenced by two kids in 18 months. Yeah. Um, and so as long as birth control was in play, we were within the realms of our boundaries, or at least so we thought. Another thing we discussed, because it was a kink-oriented party and not just swingers parties like we have a tendency to go to now, um, we also discussed hard limits, which really were not very extensive uh, at the time. We had hard limits on water sports and scat play and bloodletting and spitting. Am I forgetting anything? We didn't have, we still don't have very many things that we're not willing to try at least once. In fact, it was around that time that I developed uh, my mindset of try anything at least twice because the first time might be a fluke and you got to give it that second go around, give it the old college try, if you will. Right, but we still have our hard limits regardless. <laughs> or at least I know I do. There won't be any sitting on anybody's chest in our bedroom. That or the, uh, Knife play is not quite for me. We're getting there, though. We've talked about that. One. As long as you don't draw blood, that that's where I draw that line. That That's over. Once you actually cut me, I'm probably going to knock you out. It could be fun. No thanks. <laughs> I'm going to no thanks that. So we had our we had our hard limit established. Um, and when you finally decided to go, then we had to go outfit shopping. And that seems to be a recurring thing. Outfit shopping sucks. <laughs> Taking you to find something that you feel like you look sexy in is a chore. It's difficult for me to find something that I like to look at body. But that's it's not it's not for you. It's for us. It doesn't matter. We all want to. I, I still want to feel confident though, because you don't want to have something that you don't feel sexy and walk into, you know, a swingers party or a kink party and be feeling gross i guess <laughs> that's fair that's but you don't look gross you always look gorgeous we walk in the first door the very first thing you pick up always looks fantastic and <laughs> it always takes another three or four trips and two or three hundred dollars to get you uh happy with your outfit and it does it man that's why it goes to outfits please and I'm just over here like, well, let's order six things on Amazon. And if one of them looks okay, then we're going to roll with that. <laughs> right. So after some fighting, we, and I say fighting, it was, it was literal fighting in whatever little department store we ended up going to right there on the edge of uh, Bumfuck, Tennessee. And we ended up, I think we finally got you an actual outfit the night of the party. Yeah. Which what? also is one of those things. Um, we got there early. Because we always get there early. And my anxiety is absolutely ridiculous for me thinking I'm going to be late to anything. Even though you can't be late to these parties. Like, my anxiety just got shoot through the roof of wanting to get there on time. So instead of wanting to get there after everybody else is there and 
kind of established into their own party zones. You want to be the first one in the door and shiny and on display. <laughs> everybody coming in. Hey, look, she's new. Not usually. That's not what my mindset is. That's but... just what happened. Yeah. Again and again. <laughs> but we got there and we went inside. They were very welcoming. Oh, uh, very clear that this was a is meant to be a no pressure environment. Right. Um, consent was super important. They gave us the tour. Uh, we walked in and they had a room set up to the left with a spanking bench and some other utensils to use on the spanking bench. Uh, theater room, something of a dungeon with a St. Andrew's cross and a glory hole, which is a Something I still have interest about. I know, me too. And, and, and there's been glory holes at um, all of the parties we've been to, and we have yet to experience those. One of these days. I know. Um, they took us upstairs, showed us around. That's where they, they had a few... Now, this was in somebody's house. They had done a lot of work to make it into a party dungeon sex environment. Yeah, and the kitchen was upstairs. Um, so upstairs, they had a couple of rooms that they had changed into playrooms that for what they were were not terrible right um they had a room up there you could play pool drink a small kitchen but i think the majority of our time was spent either in the dungeon theater room or in a playroom yeah we got done with our tour and there were a lot of guests getting there that had already been there before and with you standing there all shy and dolled up because i think you had worn an outfit that you were able to get away with wearing it outside. You didn't have to change when we got there. Yeah. Uh, but you had this, you have this tendency to look super uh, innocent mm-hmm. and shy, and that makes you extremely approachable. Right. I am very shy until you get to know me, and then it's, you know, game on from there. But like I said, something about your demeanor makes you very approachable in these situations and it took no time at all for and we're going to call him art yeah and art and his partner took almost immediate interest in you Uh, they approached you they introduced themselves to both of us but it was very clear who they were interested in right um and off the bat he made me uncomfortable yeah he made me uncomfortable throughout the night but that didn't stop my interaction well And I didn't say anything at the time because I could tell you were enjoying the conversation you were having with him. You found him to be uh, intriguing. Right. Because he ticked off several of the boxes that were interests for you. Right. And he came with recommendations from the hosts. This is a great guy. And I'm not saying he's not a great guy. It's just our... We didn't end up... Our interactions were never the best. My interaction was absolutely terrible following... First party, and yeah, because y'all y'all got more involved. Yeah, we stayed communicating after what I view at least as not a great interaction. Right. Um. So they introduced us to a girl, um, who we're going to call Noel. And there were some discussions. This they introduced us to her because you had been talking to them about uh, our recent experiences at the time in Peggy. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we know just somebody who would love to have the opportunity to do that if you were down. And you were okay with that. Yeah. And I was already very much enjoying the pegging interactions between you and I. Um, 
So I was, why not? Ooh, let's see where things take us. I already saw that you had art, and it seemed like y'all were on the road to playing. So if me and Noel kicked it off, and orgasms all around, right? Right. At least that was what my thought was going into it. So we got upstairs, and we went in one of the playrooms, and she asked me how I'd be most comfortable, which for me is on my back. Something about the doggy position just doesn't work for me. Maybe I'm just not the well-trained whore I ought to be. No, because that's the same way I am when it comes to anal. I don't like it when I'm on all fours. So, so I lay down on the bed, and she got me all lubed up, got the toy lubed up. She had a wearable and went to town. And she was about as experienced as you were. Yeah, and while this was going on, me and Art were kind of in the corner of the room. His partner was in there, too. And uh, he was fingering me, and I was sucking his cock while Noel was pegging Frank. And that's where things started to go downhill for myself because he was very rough, and I actually started to bleed. Not rough in a good way. Yeah, the, rough in a very terrible sense. And he had the audacity to ask me if I was on my period. And just hadn't brought it up. Yeah, I was. that pissed me off a little bit. So I left the room to go and clean myself up. And in the meantime, while Noelle was begging me, uh, she did eventually succeed in bringing me to some kind of orgasm. I can't remember exactly how I came, but I, I remember I came because she was feeling good about that. Art's partner was over there coaching her while he was playing with you. Um, so... You were getting, we were getting done with the pegging, and you were getting up to leave to go clean yourself up, but you had not really, we didn't have any kind of nonverbal communication set up to let each other know if there was something going on or whatever. So for me, you were getting up, going to get cleaned up, but you hadn't really told me that there was anything wrong, and I asked you if you would be okay if I stayed like, no, a little longer. Right. And my, and my thought process was, yeah, you enjoyed, you know, what she was doing. You enjoyed her begging you. Why not? But that wasn't exactly what I was asking. Right. So I was asking if I could go and play with her. She had been playing with me, and I wanted to return the favor. And that's not what I believed at all. It was a very big miscommunication on my part. So I went and I talked to her, and she was interested in playing. And we established that she was on an implant birth control. So the fact that we hadn't brought condoms wasn't going to be a deciding factor. And we started having sex. Yeah, it wasn't long after that that I walked back into the room. And because of our miscommunication, it blew me away. Right, you went out of the room and came back expecting her to be on top of me. And instead, I'm very much inside of her. Yeah. And that's when I kind of lost control of my emotions. It upset me because I was like, we didn't discuss this. That wasn't part of the plan of what was going on here. So I immediately turned around and went back out of the ring. And see, one of the things we had talked about was that you weren't sure how about watching me with another partner. So when you came in and turned around and walked back out, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Yeah, you thought I was just walking back out of the room. And that's not what it was at all. I was highly upset. I walked back into the bathroom. I sat on the floor in front of the fucking mirror and I cried. Which I didn't know about until much, much, much later. Yeah. Because even when we did finally talk about everything, 
we still didn't do a very good job talking about everything. Yeah, we didn't communicate like we should have. So me and Noel finished up what we were doing. And I mean, poor girl, that was probably the worst sex I've ever given. <laughs> I don't have a better way of putting it. Like I, it was not good. Not on her part. She was fine. She was absolutely fantastic. Great sport. Um, <laughs> I was terrible. And looking back at it, I could realize how terrible it was. Just and and the thing is, too, when I walked out of the room, you didn't pick up on that cue, but Art's partner did. Right, and but she didn't say anything to the point of you being upset right away. She was. She let us finish. Yeah, and she came outside after you guys finished and actually had a conversation with me. Right, while I was still. Well, me and Noel were still having our little come down session. Yeah. Um, she came out and talked to me and I was just, I was still bawling because I did, I mean, your emotions at that point, because you're not, it's, it was more the shock factor that I didn't know it was going to happen kind of thing. And she consoled me, you know, told me it's okay to be upset about it. It's okay to, you know, have your feelings, feel your feelings and then talk about it later. So that's kind of what I did. So when I came out and I came to check on you. Of course, there was confusion in my head because as far as I was concerned, we had talked about things before the party and those boundaries hadn't been crossed. And I had asked for your consent during the party and it had apparently been given. Right. Um, And we argued about that for a whole while. Yeah. Um, But not right away. Uh, The party wasn't over. Now, everybody was... By this time, it was well after midnight and we weren't quite ready to leave i don't think we were able to leave i think there was still so many cars parked behind us yeah because there were so many vehicles at a house in a neighborhood which might have been one of the leading reasons why they ended up having to stop doing those parties yeah probably but we kind of stuck to ourselves for a little while and i was giving you aftercare which is something i was just kind of learning about and not really understanding why you needed aftercare and not really having a good grasp on how to give it to you, we were left with some space. But before we left, I managed to talk you into getting up on the spanking bench. And we spent, what, probably 45 minutes in there using the different floggers and paddles and my hand. Yeah. And... I can't remember if I ended up, because I know I'd alternate between spanking your ass and I'd like slide a finger in your pussy. And I think I made you come before we left. I can't remember. You did because you fisted me. Right there on the bench. Yeah. Because the host ended up coming in there and telling us what a good show we put on for. Yeah, and I, and I was completely oblivious that anybody was around watching anything. I was just the host. Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. There might have been a few people that were on their way out the door, but... A man we are going to call Wolf was actually watching. And I don't think I realized that at the time. Um, We had made a brief introduction with Wolf, and he had kind of observed us throughout the night, and he reached out to me on FetLife after we left, actually. I just realized I had that message the other day from where he reached out to me um, and expressed an interest in seeing us again. Um... And he was very intimidating at the time. He, cause he was the one that came with his bag full of goodies and everything. Now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't his bag of goodies where I actually got 
the instruments I was using on you while you were on the spanking bit. I believe so, but I'm not positive. Like, I think he had brought them in there and kind of left them out for use, but I think those were his personal toys. I can't be sure. They were. I think they were, but they had um, different toys throughout the night that the host actually provided to, because there was, like, the, the cleaning sprays and stuff beside those things as well. Right. And we made sure when we got done that we gave the bench a good cleaning and we went home. Yep. Then it was probably about halfway home that you started going off on me. Like I said, I don't remember a lot of things from that night. I know, like, hearing their things, so I don't remember the word. But we argued back and forth over what the differences between me playing with Noel and you playing with Art had been and why you didn't feel like you had given your consent and how I felt I had been given your consent. And it was ugly. And I tried to, I think I might have tried to bring up the idea that, hey, maybe we just miscommunicated this. But you were very much in your feelings, which you had every right to be. Right. It's not even just that. I think on top of those things, plus my personal bad experience that night just made me explode. And I mean, in hindsight, that wasn't good at all, but that's how I felt. I came with another partner in two different ways, and yours cuts you sliding a finger in. Yeah. And that was frustrating for you. It was traumatic. It wasn't just frustrating, it was traumatic. But before we had left the party, you had exchanged numbers with Art, or at least FetLife information, because I know within a day or two, y'all were talking on Facebook. So despite it being a negative experience, it wasn't an experience you weren't unwilling to expand on and still see where it went. Yeah, because at that time, I was upset at what happened, but... I was still getting to know the person he was. Right. But on the other side of that, you did not particularly want me interacting too much with Noel. Yeah, I was still upset at the situation. And I was pretty pissed at both of you guys. And it wasn't anything that she did wrong. And it wasn't anything that you did wrong, you know, now that I think about it. But... And I think you even reached out to her within a couple of days to let her know that you weren't upset with her, that it had been, to whatever degree you were willing to admit at that point in time, a miscommunication on our parts, not anything that she had done. Right. I didn't want her feeling like I was mad at her for her part in it, even though she didn't do anything wrong. Right. She, we came, we interacted with her on an open level. Or on an apparently open level. So when I asked her if she wanted to continue it, it was definitely implied at that point that there was nothing, no reason why she couldn't. Right. Now, for us dealing with it at home, uh, that was during a point where I still didn't have the best communication skills. I still don't have the best communication skills. But, uh, to make my point to you that look we we went into this together we're coming out of this together and you're worried about all that and I, I smashed my phone like how am i gonna i can't communicate with other people i'm here with you and i smashed my phone and that was 
<laughs> ridiculously immature and childish thing of me to do. But it ended the argument. Yeah. For that night. And overall, we weren't left with a great feeling of security or closeness afterwards. Right. We weren't connected. Um, we had apparently pushed each other further apart than we had started out. But it was still a path we wanted to travel down. We were sure that there was something we could gain from having these experiences. Um, by this point, I was starting to realize that if I was involved, I very much enjoyed getting to watch you enjoy someone else to whatever degree. Um, because when you're enjoying yourself and you're really getting into it, you put on a hell of a show. Something we'll talk about again and again as we go on. But whether you're riding somebody else's cock or deep throating well beyond what I'm capable of giving you, it's just you blow up. And it's very hot. Now, that being said, when we had a conversation with Art a few weeks later, and he put out there the idea, oh, that was one of our other hard limits at the time, that I wasn't interested in being a cuckold. Right. That was not anywhere in my alley of interests. Mostly because... I didn't really think I was into the humiliation and the degradation aspects that usually are associated with cuckolding. Now, of course, since then I've learned that that is not always the case. I very much enjoy watching you with other people. I enjoy hearing about you with other people because you are just stupid fun. <laughs> but at that time, and it probably had something to do with their approach, but I wasn't. That's not something I was interested in. If we're going to be playing together, we're either playing together or we're playing separate. There's none of this. I'm just going to sit off to the side. That's That sounds stupid as fuck to me. Right. Which is something you can still sort of relate with. Yeah. Because while I thoroughly enjoy watching you play with someone else or hearing about you play with someone else. I'm not quite at that point. Now, if you're there and you're involved, that's a whole different story. Yeah. That's a very different ball game, and you are usually 100% on board and to a next level degree. But when it comes to just hearing about it or watching it, that's not really your avenue of pleasure. And to a certain degree, when I do play with other people, you prefer not to hear about it if you're not involved. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's something I'm still trying to work on. I just don't want to hear about it. Which has caused its own share of problems. Yeah, it has. In the past. Yeah. So, but we'll talk about that in another episode where I was regularly having sex with your knowledge and not discussing it properly. And as a result, well, anyways, so it wasn't very long before we decided to go to another sex party and a week or two. Um, and we had another babysitter arranged, so 
a different babysitter from the first time. <laughs> and we decided to give it a go. And this time there wasn't a whole lot of outfit shopping. You already had an outfit. You decided you were going to wear it again. And as sort of a penance, if you will, I was going to be going as your submissive. Yeah. Because at the time we were both dabbling with switchdom. So as penance for having not gotten your proper consent on the previous visit, I was going to be your submissive and I was going to wear a collar and I was going to be kept on a leash, which was an experience. <laughs> it didn't help that when Art was bringing up the idea of cuckolding me with you, that I was kneeling with a collar around my neck on a leash. Right. And while you appreciated the symbolic gesture that I was making, it took away from some of the security that you would have had or would have felt like you would have had had I been in my dominant role. Right. So... Now, at that party, I don't particularly remember as much the general party going. I don't remember any of it, so <laughs> other than your big thing. Well, you remember the demonstration they put on. That Okay, that I do remember because we talked about her body <laughs> and oh uh, the uh, Eastem demonstration. Low-key at the beginning of my grandma fetish. I'm, I'm telling you, her body was... Banging. So these women were definitely 70 plus in age, but they got naked on the table for an E-STEM demonstration. She had a body of a, t of a 20 year old. I'm, I'm not even kidding. She had a body of a 20 year old. It, she had one of the finest bodies I've ever seen in my life. Right. And I know I'm not going to look that good when I get to be her age. <laughs> no, if I make it to be her age. So... They had her up on stage, and they were showing us it was a a pad-style East M kit. So yeah. they would take these little pads and put them on different places on her body, and it would send electrical currents through the pads into her, which caused a very sensual response. Right. I think it was about two and a half seconds after they turned them on, Shelly looks over at me and goes, I want one. Yeah. And I'm over here like, that's electricity. It made me real, real curious about East End. You are absolutely insane. You want to take the zap zap and put it inside. No, no, <laughs> that sounds terrible. And at some point during all of that, Wolf had approached us, um, had some curiosities about me. Um, he saw some of the primal uh, qualities that I had not necessarily tapped into. Yeah. And wanted to give me a hand in doing so. So from a perspective of completely non-sexual play, you were on board and you were very interested in seeing what Wolf was going to do to me. I felt very comfortable around Wolf. He made me 
I can't go back through our old messages without a big ass grin on my face. So you know how I feel about Wolf. Oh, I know exactly how you feel about Wolf. <laughs> but, um, so I agreed. And we went into the dungeon. And he put a blindfold on me. And he tied me. No, he didn't tie me. He put cuffs on me. And these were his personal cuffs. Yeah. Um, leather and stainless steel and the whole nine yard. They were very high quality cuffs. Like he had spent some money on these cuffs. And he put me up there. I had the blindfold on and he started going at me with different tools. Um, he had multiple floggers and paddles and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what he hit me with because I was blindfolded and facing the wall. (laughs) But his goal was to get me to growl or to roar or to make some kind of guttural primal sound. And, well, I don't do that on command. (laughs) At least I didn't then. I didn't really understand what he was wanting out of me. But he put me up there and he was going at it. And he would go at it and I would just give the most minimal of responses. Yeah. Which frustrated quite a few people in the room. Um, Not Wolf so much. He was very much professional with what he was doing. He had an idea of what he wanted, and he knew how to get it. Now, the fact that it took me another year and a half and outside sources to finally tap into what he was trying to teach me wasn't his fault. I was just extremely stubborn. So after giving my ass and my back a good bruising... He decided to turn me around, which I was very nervous about because from the back, I've got lots of padding in the front. Well, I mean, I'm still print plenty padded, but not so much in many more vital areas. <laughs> so he turned me around and he repositioned me so that I was facing the room. I still had the blindfold on. Uh, when we walked in, it was just... It was you and Wolf and Art, and Art's partner may have been there, and there was a new girl who had kind of wandered in. So he asked me if I was comfortable taking the blindfold off, and me not having any idea what was on the other side of the blindfold, and having already come this far, I'm standing naked in the middle of the room, yeah, take the blindfold off. So there were 45 people in the room? Yeah, about 45 or 50 people in the room. It was a very small dungeon, and it was slap full of people. There was there was people pulling chairs from, like, out of the kitchen, from out of, like, the main room into this dungeon to sit down and watch you. Which baffles me even more that there were people in the audience that were frustrated. Like, I think she called it topping from the bottom, but I don't really feel like I had ever specifically agreed to be the bottom. I was more of a... Guinea pig. A guinea pig? I wouldn't use that. Guinea <laughs> pig for myself. That's. But yeah, there were there were a bunch of people, most of whom I did not know, all in the room with me. And I'm tied up to the cross. Not particularly very impressive. And he starts. He pulls out his e-stem kit. And he had an attachment for it. That he could tuck into the waistband of his pants or into a sock. And he became electric. That is probably one of the best East End inventions 
<sighs> yeah, we need another one of those. Yeah, we do. I, that is one of my five. favorite East End toys. If it hadn't been for the wand going out on ours, then I, I would have kept that one just for that that one attachment. Oh, but. And that was interesting. He'd run his fingers across my body and it would give a light electric zap. And what got me the most intense, or not the most intensely, obviously that's coming up, but um, he would go right up nose to nose with me. Yeah. And there's not very far I can go because I'm tied to a cross. And that was an interesting that was a very interesting experience. But again, I wasn't giving him what he was looking for. I wasn't making the noise. I wasn't growling. I wasn't crying out. I wasn't giving in to, you know, that primal side he wanted me to tap into. Right. And so he broke out some different East M tools, and this thing looked like a cattle prod. <laughs> And he, he hit me a few places with it, uh, my outer thighs and my ass. Um, and then he worked his way right up under my, just right up against the inside of my thigh, right up under my junk. And I still didn't make a whole lot of noise, but I snapped one of the stainless steel rings that had me cuffed to the cross. Yep. I snapped it off, and as soon as I did, I brought my arm down about halfway in front of, you know, down to, and realized, wait a minute, that's not, and I just kind of put my hand back up where it was supposed to be, <laughs> and everybody in the room was laughing. Oh, yeah. Because what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> it was a show, that's for damn sure. It was, and I had people approaching me on FetLife for weeks afterwards. Hey, you're the guy that was on the cross at the last party. Yeah. You did awesome. Hey, we loved watching you on the cross. It's inspired us. We're going to try some new things. Like, what in the world? I'm known, and I don't know these people. I didn't remember seeing these people in the room. Right. Um, You came up to me afterwards and told me how impressed you were. And and the new girl came up and said something along the same lines, which rubbed you a little bit the wrong way. Yeah. You're new. Why is the first person you're talking to the other new people? You were a jealous one. I was. I was very jealous. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with jealousy. Like, um, a woman would look at you the wrong way, and I'd be, like, ready to fight. So, okay. I've come a long way. We've come so far. I've come a long way. <laughs> so, at some point during all of that, and this is something we only remember due to messages I was able to go back and read, um, Art had you on Spank Bench. Um, I guess we should probably go back and explain that during the weaker, so in between parties, you had kind of entered in, we had both entered into, according to the messages that I went back and found, we had both entered into arts service per se it was more of a him mentor kind of thing well, that's what we wanted out of it but right but it didn't turn out that way he was aiming more for a 24 7 in service ship with an orgasm schedule and a picture schedule and a call schedule 
and you limited. Now, I understand looking back some of his reasoning why was to try to prepare your body in a certain way for different experiences. But at the time, being relatively new to the lifestyle ourselves and not being as open to learning, it did not rub me the right way. And, of course, the overall sense that I got from him didn't help with that either. But I was, and I still try to be this way to an extent, we are both adults and we can both make our own decisions. So when you have somebody that you're interested in and that you want to do something with, I try to stay out of it as much as I can and allow it to develop on its own at your speed. Because if you're not taking, obviously I don't want you to feel like you're doing something for me at any point in time. However much enjoyment I get out of it, it's still got to be something you're doing for you. Right, we got to keep our autonomy in. But on the same level, we've learned through the years that however much autonomy we give each other, we've still got to be there as each other's anchors. Yeah. Um, and we've got to be willing to talk to our anchors about the good and the bad without worrying about how, but not without worrying about how it's going to make them feel but recognizing that if we don't address those feelings that we're having ourselves against the feelings that the other one's feeling, uh, there's going to be conflict. Right. And there's going to be resentment. And there's not going to be growth. There's going to be a stagnant sense. And moving forward, it's going to be level. And level is not always a good thing. Because if you're level, then you're not going anywhere. Right. You're not growing. So growth is always where we want to be aiming. Right. All right, so you don't remember a whole lot about being on the spanking bench with Art. No. So what you do remember, though, is after I got down off of the cross, Wolf made you an offer to put you on the cross. Right, and I turned it down the first chance just because I was not wanting to follow your act, even though there wasn't as many people in the room anymore. Like, that's a hard thing to follow. I do put on impressive show. You do. You do. But um, after he offered to put the blindfold on myself and kind of ask other people to leave other than a few, I was more comfortable with it. And I got up there. He did not tie me down. He didn't cuff me, nothing like that. Um, he pulled out his glass e-stem kit. Well, he couldn't have cuffed you. I broke your cuff. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure he had other things in there. But... He blindfolded me and pulled out his glassy stem kit and started using that on my body. So this glassy stem kit, it's like a little wand, sort of like the ones that vibrate, but it has a hole for attachments. And these attachments that he used on you were glass. Yeah. Compared to the metal cattle prod he used on me. Right. And they were turned down just a little bit. Maybe they weren't turned down. I don't think they were. <laughs> I don't think they were, but uh, he would like use them on my nipples and stuff like that and that was a whole new experience for me that is where I felt in love with the e-stem and anything that had to do with it I think we ended up getting one the following tax season we did we did we got the whole kit and everything and used it until the glass pieces broke used it until the glass pieces broke used it until the one that tucked into your sock came separated from the rest of the mechanism and I think by the time we finally got rid of it, we had one or two glass pieces left, but the wand itself was no longer putting any kind of charge through them. Yeah, so we... That's one of the best pictures I think I've ever taken of your pussy. 
One, the picture that several of my bosses have seen on accident because I was trying to show them a different picture, and that was the one that was pulled up. I have this fantastic picture where I'm using the Eastem kit, and it's like two little lightning bolts zapping out of it directly onto her clit, and it just looks magnificent if you ever get a chance to see it. Make sure you do. Bye. <laughs> and that pretty much closed out the second party we went to. Yeah. Um, neither one of us had penetrative play with anyone else, but we had a very um, extreme learning experience or at least i did yeah it was very enlightening um and it kind of showed me something new that i'm very much still into to this day and it did show me that i was interested in taking part in scenes with men outside of just playing with you um and wolf is actually still a good friend of mine i i talk to him from time to time and i've even kept him up to date on some of our not our exploits but some of the some of the <laughs> some of the paths we've been down across the years. Um, He's a very good person. He and he had just his entire entire self was more welcoming overall than anybody else that we dealt with at those parties. Yeah. So, but that was that was where we called it a night. We went home. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about after the party, other than uh, Shelley continued her. I kind of cut things off with Art as far as whatever he and I had agreed on. I don't know. I can't find it in my messages exactly what our agreement was. But I know that as of the second party, I cut things off. I told Shelly that if she wanted to continue on with him, that was fine. But I was going to free myself up from that particular entanglement and pursue other options. Uh, which at that time was more specifically the new girl we had met at the party. Yeah. Which caused some jealousy issues with you. She was a very pretty girl. She was about our age in comparison to the much older crowd that typically is what we saw when we went to these parties. Right. And most of my jealousy stemmed from me being in an uncomfortable situation that I didn't think I'd be able to really get out of and seeing you go into a new situation that you wanted to be a part of and that you had hoped for and that somebody that you expressed interest in expressed interest in yourself. But you felt like you were locked into something of a commitment that you had already agreed on. Yeah, and I didn't know how to get out of that. I didn't, I'm not very good with that still to this day, with saying how I feel. Like, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Not good at saying, I've changed my mind. This isn't something I'm interested in. Right. Which was an option. Right. And simple communication on our part, back and forth with Art and his partner, probably would have gone a long way in uh, dissuading these feelings of, like, I've always felt like we looked at him as if he always had a predatory intent. But I don't necessarily think that's what it was. I just think that we weren't as knowledgeable. Right. And when we started feeling like we were in over our heads instead of backing up and stopping and taking steps away and figuring out what it was that we actually wanted to be doing other than just the actual actions involved. Um, we had not really dove into what an intrinsic part of you, that part of the lifestyle is. Right, and it took me a couple weeks to actually communicate with him, and I'm not sure 
if I communicated it in a good way or a bad way, I don't remember a lot from that time, but I know I ended up cutting it off. Right. One way or another, it was done. And I don't think there were, I can't, like I said, I don't remember a lot. I don't feel like there were any hard feelings. They checked in on us a little bit after that. And just kind of fell off. For- it fell off. But it also, um, that was around the time we had made, we had had some issues with where we were staying and we had taken the kids down to stay with my sister for a few weeks while we worked on getting a new place in order. Yeah. And on our way back up, the night we were supposed to go back up, uh, there was a party scheduled we had planned on attending. And what happened instead was I think our car broke down about 20 miles north of the Tennessee border. And as a result of that, we didn't make it to the party. We didn't make it all the way back up to where we were planning on trying to reestablish ourselves in Tennessee. And we took a ride home back to Georgia with the fellow that came and picked up our van. Yeah. Because at that point, we were feeling kind of defeated. We had had a good thing going up there, and things kept going sideways for us. So when we broke down on our way back up there, we kind of took it as a sign that maybe that wasn't the spot for us. Yeah, it wasn't in our best interest to stay. We were getting signs that I felt we were supposed to... Which is what we ended up doing. Um... So you cu- ended up cutting things off with Art, and I didn't pursue things farther with the new girl because, well, she was still new to that scene up there, and I was no longer involved with that scene up there. And right back on the train of disappointments, you did try. You had took up an interest with the guy that came and towed our car back. Yeah. Um. Do you want to touch on that at all? Uh, that was a whole other thing. Um, I remember bits and pieces of that. I remember um, expressing an interest in him, and he expressed an interest in me. But he was very hesitant about that. I remember that, because he even came to me and asked, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, he was kind of terrified of it, in all honesty. It made him very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And that might have stemmed from previous issues in his own relationships that he had faced. Yeah. But I can't really speak to that, so I won't. But we're going to call this guy Woody. I don't know if... We already covered that. <laughs> um, and while we were working on getting ourselves back on our feet, you did initiate an attempt at playtime. Yeah. But in the tradition of things not going right, one thing or another, it didn't go the way you wanted. No. So I stayed the night with him. I'm not sure where you went. I went to a friend's house. I was going to try to pick up, pick up one of her skeezy friends. <laughs> it didn't work. But I stayed the night with him, and we talked a lot, keep chilling. And when it came time for us to go to bed, we went to his bed and started kissing, making out, stuff like that. And it started to escalate, and I went to go suck his cock. And he could not get hard at all. Nothing. I was kind of upset because I was like, what the hell am I doing wrong? And once he couldn't get it up, he decided to call it. And he went and slept on the couch and I slept in the bed that night. And something we've learned <laughs> as we've gone down the road is it's not always super easy to get it up when you know you're sleeping with somebody else's wife. Right. Especially not when that somebody is someone that you consider to be a good friend. Then this has kind of all caught you off guard. Right, because we were very good friends. We, our little whole friend group was very tight. 
And to be clear, that's not what ended up making all that fall apart. Yeah. We stayed pretty good, good friends with them for a while after that. Yeah. Um, until we ended up moving back to Tennessee a year and a half later. But we did a lot of moving. So this was right around May of 2015. May, June is when we made the move back to Georgia. And yeah, so that's probably about where we're going to cut things off for the night. Um, two kink parties and a... Another failed attempt at, you know... Internal play. Yeah. I mean, but it's okay. And, and I've had different play since... Oh, yeah, a lot. Lots and lots. Lots. Plenty of dicks that didn't have any problems that part at all. <laughs> but you have had plenty of other positive experience to reaffirm. Oh, yeah. You were not the issue there. Yeah, I've had a lot of positive experiences. I mean, you're going to have positive and negative experiences, and that's okay. That's how, you know, you learn and you grow, and you learn not to take it so uh, personally if things do go wrong. Right, because it's just sex and things happen. Right. The human body is mysterious. Very mysterious. So uh, I think it's probably going to be a few weeks before we get another episode up. Um, trying to get these weekly episodes out is a little bit more than I think we're going to be able to manage right now. Right. Um, especially with the holidays coming up. So we will try to have another episode up within two to three weeks. But bear in mind, it is three weeks to Thanksgiving right now. So that may not happen. But we will most certainly have another episode out by the beginning of December. Yep. And I think our next episode is going to cover the more unethical playmates that we've had throughout the years um, and what we've learned about why they were bad ideas. Yeah, we, we learned a lot about um, consent from all parties. Well, after, you know, those unethical things happened. So that had changed our outlook on things today versus what it was back then. And to be clear, when we're talking about consent, we're going to be talking about the affairs that Shelly had. Hey, so starting with that. Had your husbands. Made your wives, apparently. Oh, Lord. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you will continue following along with us as we dive further into the fucked up series of events that has led us to where we are today. Right. I love you. I love you. And if any of y'all would like to reach out to us with questions or comments regarding the show, feel free to send us an email at ouyouwereserious2023 at gmail.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks as always. 